0: Welcome to the OG Advocates Podcast. Welcome back to the OG Advocates. We are thrilled to bits today to introduce you to our newest co-host, Dr. Talia Coney. Dr. Coney has been a friend of ours for a long time. We all met each other through our work in ACOG, and now we live all over the country, uh, and we do advocacy in different ways, in different spaces, for different patient populations. And we are so excited to come together to be advocates for each other, for our patients across the country, um, and to introduce you to our newest friend. Talia, we're so glad that you are with us. Hi, everyone. Thank you so
1: much
2: for inviting me to the podcast.
0: We are thrilled to have you. We're so excited that you're going to be our new uh, fourth co-host. So tell us a little bit about you.
2: All right, great. So a couple of things about me. I am originally a military brat, so I kind of lived all throughout the world, including overseas and all around the country. Um, I'm currently a journalist in OBGYN in the Southwest. I just moved here recently. Woo woo. So excited for the lovely, uh, beautiful winters that I'll have here and definitely afraid of the summers. Um I started in advocacy actually right after college. I kind of got um, pulled into it um, randomly. I didn't think that advocacy was going to be a part of of my world. Um, but when push came to shove and I was in, in a position where I knew that I could help and I could advocate for someone that I knew and really cared about, I, I decided to make that leap. And that has been a long-term journey since then.
1: So when you got the opportunity to join the podcast... What were your first thoughts?
2: So um, my first thoughts when I got the text that was asking me about joining the podcast was I was uh, extremely humbled that someone thought that I had a voice that people would want to hear and listen to. Um, I was um, excited as well because I had listened to this podcast previously and thought, wait, like I can you know, talk to uh, uh, people into this group about a lot of advocacy things that I'm re- I really care about. Um, and, and to be honest, I was pretty afraid <laughs> about doing a podcast. It's completely out of my wheelhouse. But I actually, which you guys didn't know, made a um, promise to myself that I w- this was going to be a yes year. So 2021 was going to be my yes year. So you just caught me on a good year. <laughs> and so that's
0: why I said yes. yes. Lucky us.
1: Well, we are super thrilled to have you, and um, we just love talking about advocacy and what we're doing, and you're going to be such a a wonderful voice to add to this conversation.
3: Yeah, Talia. So what do you... I know you have um, such amazing leadership roles right now in ACOG. What are you working on with advocacy? So
2: one thing I'm working on with advocacy specifically, it's it's more about advocacy for positions at this moment with my job with ACOG and my role with ACOG, um, I feel that a lot of times, a lot of the bigger positions within um, professional organizations like ours, there's a boys club, and I really want to make sure that everyone in the room has a chance for to be an, um, an opportunity to be a part of leadership, and so one thing that I'm working on that I'll give a presentation actually at the end of this week at one of our meetings is to really talk about interesting and new ways to get more um, physicians that are what we call junior fellows or physicians that are in training in OBGYN or medical students involved in advocacy within ACOG as well as involved in leadership. Um, and that involves kind of bringing more people in and looking, you know, looking in the depths of your your district or your section to make sure that you're um, you're asking the right questions and you're pulling from people that maybe you, you haven't pulled from before. Um, for instance, there's, you know, maybe some districts or some sections, I'm using like ACOG lingo here, but um, some areas of the country where uh, there may be a lot of advocacy or a lot of leadership within one residency program that is, you know, highly academic, maybe their attendings are highly involved in ACOG, but you have a, a residency program that is a mile away that's never involved. And a lot of times they're not involved because they don't want to be involved, but they may feel afraid to you know, sign up for leadership opportunities because they've seen year after year after year, the big academic institution get those, go through the spots. And so one thing that I'm trying to do is trying to stop that. Cause I, I think it's super important that in, in order for us to um, have a broad, diverse perspective of um, the issues that are going on within our organization, our specialty, and how we can better help our patients. We need to have everyone at the table, and if we're only really focusing on higher, you know, big academic institutions and not looking at the community physicians and the community institutions that are in our area, we're missing out on on great leaders.
3: Here, here, it's awesome. I, um, I know a lot of people will appreciate that because I. I think that um, you're right in that people sometimes feel like their voice isn't always heard. And it's important to have a variety of voices, especially for such an incredible and important organization like ACOG.
0: So with all of the advocacy that you do, all of the clinical work that you do, all the stuff with ACOG that you do, how do you find balance? What, What kind of hobbies do you have to keep you sane?
2: Um, so there's a couple things that I like to do, I actually got involved in running in medical school, medical school, like many physicians who are probably listening to maybe listen to this podcast is extremely stressful. And I needed an outlet. And as an introvert, um, I'm an extrovert introvert. So I kind of am able to pretend to be an extrovert for small periods of time. Um, but as an introvert, I felt like running was like a great outlet for me. It's something that I could do on my own um, that I can have my own special goals for. So that's something that I really do enjoy. Um, a couple other things that I really enjoy doing, I love collecting a lot of plants. This has been a pandemic thing for me. Uh, as Many people in this country and around the world have really looked at their home to find inspiration of how to, you know, you uh, Find joy and happiness. And for me, it's definitely buying lots of plants. And so I've become like a little plant guru. I have killed a lot of plants, but I have also loved a lot of plants. So, and it's the balance there. Um, and um, lastly, one thing I'm trying to get better at is cooking. I'm not a cooker. I could be a glass of wine, cheese and a little piece of meat would be the end of the meal for me. And I think I'm happy even cereal, cereal, sometimes is great dinner, food for me, but I feel like as a, a grown woman, I should try, try and do something different. So I'm actually learning how to uh, cook a little bit better. And so I joined like, I think New York Times has this New York Times cooking. So I went ahead and paid for that. And hopefully that'll help me have some good ideas for an inspiration for cooking meals.
3: You're in attending now. You're making the big bucks. You got to get that New York Times app. I know.
1: <laughs> I am so impressed with anybody who can keep plants alive. I have, Same. I, I have also, four dogs.
0: I also have you have four.
3: And dogs? they're fine.
1: I have four dogs. Yeah, we have a, whole a pretty good situation.
3: How come they never bark on the when we're recording? Mm-hmm.
1: I would say they're well-trained, but it's just the say, like, make sure they're not in the room. I have, like, never been able to keep a plant alive in my life. So I, like, really feel, you know, kind of questioning whether I should take care of humans or animals. But I don't know. I just, like, I was, there's, like, a special place in heaven for people who can keep plants alive, in my opinion.
2: They're, like, easy plants, right? And there are really hard plants. Like, there's
0: I,
1: I, I, can, I, I killed can kill a, a succulent. Cactus. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: I killed a 100%. cactus. <laughs> cactus are really hard, actually. I have also fallen down the plant uh, sort of wormhole over the pandemic. And my love for plants started decades ago, but has like truly exploded in a very serious and expensive way. The funny thing is, is that I
2: actually went to three plant stores today, but I did not buy a plant. I bought pots for the plants because some of them got broken, unfortunately, during the move. Pots? Like so are more expensive. expensive than the plant. Like literally, yeah. sometimes I'm thinking like I cut I shipped all of my plants in pots. I know. Cause I was like, I spent all this money for them. I'm moving across country. I'm not going to just leave them behind. So I gave like two plants away and shipped the rest. Man, I some part the the pots, the pots are the expensive
0: part of the plants, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Talia, thank you so much for sharing about yourself. Thank you so much for joining us. And we can't wait to add your voice to this podcast and and do this work together with you.
3: Yeah, welcome, Talia.
0: Thank you so much. I'm super excited.
1: So I was thinking, since it's our first chance of the four of us being together, maybe we could just do a little check in and see... What we're all kind of thinking about from an advocacy perspective, or you know, just kind of what's weighing on our hearts. Um, I will start. I just moved across the country, so I am now living in the Mid Atlantic area for a new job, which I'm really excited about. But you know, it's been a while since I've lived in the cold. Was in Southern California for 12 years, so gonna readjust to that (laughs) whole situation. Um, But I, the thing that I've been thinking about a lot this week is, you know, I, I saw some new research about a lot of the reasons why pregnant people are still not getting vaccinated and what um, you know, kind of dismal numbers those look like and all of this misinformation, disinformation and lack of trust in their providers. And it was just really disheartening for me because uh, even though I don't practice um, prenatal care I and mean, I do, I do uh, inpatient obstetrics, I just know how much my colleagues have like tried and tried and tried to educate people and to still see that people like don't understand that it's safe or uh, um, indicated for them has been, I think just like really challenging at this point in the pandemic and everything we've gone through. And so I'm just hoping that we continue to be innovative and really meet people where they're at and figure out what the, what the key is to, to get pregnant people on board with getting vaccinated because they are at increased risk of uh, severe illness and it's protective for their newborns. And we just like, don't want to delay people getting vaccinated for this one thing you know, for nine plus months um, when they otherwise could be vaccinated kind of helping uh, end this pandemic. So that's what's been weighing on my heart. I'll pass it over to one of you guys.
0: On my mind recently has been the Supreme Court case, um, where the um, justices are starting to hear arguments in uh, the Texas case and the Mississippi case and um, basically weighing the rights of people in this country to control their own body and control their own um, family planning. And additionally, I have been trying to weigh that with my own mental health and well-being because I find myself easily um, succumbing to doom scrolling and to becoming really obsessive about these topics. And that takes me away from some of the important work that we do, not just patient facing, but also the advocacy that we do. Uh, But that requires rest and recovery from some of these very emotional and very frustrating uh, topics and times. Uh, So trying to balance out those two very important, but also dichotomous um, things, it's been on my heart as well.
3: Yeah, I could not agree with you more, Katie. I think. More and more, I recognize how there's a direct correlation between how I feel and how much I read, especially with just bad news. Um, What's been on my mind is that paid family medical leave was dropped from the infrastructure bill. And it's just so disheartening because that is infrastructure. And it affects so many people. And the fact that we're one of eight countries in the entire world that does not pay for any sort of medical leave after having a child, your own illness, taking care of a, a parent or someone else in your family, it's just, it's so, I can't believe there are riots in the streets, but honestly, I think that people are so exhausted that <laughs> They just can't even muster the energy. But that's thats what's been really getting me down. What's been on my mind this week
2: um, is how different your rights as a physician and as a patient can be, depending on where you are in the country. I recently just moved from the East Coast from a very... um, Uh, A state that was very much pro choice and pro women's rights to an area that is not as much. Um, And it's interesting to think about as I'm about to start my new job and my new hospital about the things that I can and cannot do now that I've gone across country and I'm in a different state, and also the things that I am not able to provide my patients now that I am in a different area of the country. So it's just that's kind of been on
1: my mind as
2: I'm about to start a new, a new job.
1: So even though those were not the most uplifting topics, one, I think it's okay for sometimes there not to be like a fairy tale ending. And I think all of us who work in this field know that that doesn't often come without a lot of really hard work, and so one way, you know, to Katie's point, that I kind of discharge all that doom and gloom is is by being in community with other people who feel as passionately about um, the work that we do as my friends here and my new friend uh, Talia, and you know, our listeners. We hope that you uh, find community in uh, the people we interview and hearing the work that we're doing, and find inspiration in the work that you're doing because ultimately all of this uh changes when we um recharge our batteries and put our feet to the ground and get and get things done um and so we thank you for listening uh next time we're going to be joined by dr louise king and talking about equity and pay uh particularly for gender equity and pay for surgeons and physicians it's gonna be a really awesome conversation and we can't wait uh for you to join us have a great day everybody
3: Thank you so much for listening and for your support. If you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review and tell your friends and colleagues to check us out and subscribe. See you next time.